Guys, for a big Tuesday night in the NBA at FanDuel, DraftKings and Yahoo are going to attack the mid-range here. Make room for your favorite studs, my favorite value plays, and of course, my favorite play on the slate. Who is it? Belly up to the Fantasy Bar and find out. Welcome in, guys. Beers Daily Fantasy Six Pack Tuesday Edition. Hope everybody had a great weekend, a good Monday night in the association. And I'm back with six of my favorite plays. Again, covering FanDuel, DraftKings, and Yahoo. Fresh off the tap for you. Before we get into things, guys, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you get notified when the videos are coming out. Also, if you enjoy the Fantasy Bar, whether you're a longtime bar patron or you're new here for the first time, do me a favor. Click that thumbs up button. It really helps us out over there on YouTube. Next, make sure you go and download the SharpSide app. Get access to the app absolutely free. Lines, totals, player props, everything you need in every major sport for sports betting, for DFS purposes. And we're running a contest. The streak contest rolls on. All you got to do, lock in your favorite bet. You go on a streak, got a chance to win some FanDuel cash once that streak reaches six. And the higher you go, the more money you win. Absolutely free to enter. Go and download the SharpSide app today. All right, let's get into the place here for Tuesday that I'm looking at. Let's start at the point guard position with Kyle Lowry of the Raptors. We're going to roll with Kyle Lowry here for a lot of reasons. First of all, let's look at recency bias, which we know a lot of people, all they're looking at are those box scores. They're going to pass on Kyle Lowry with some of the recent results here. I think that's a mistake. Toronto really expected to go nuts here in this matchup with Atlanta, who we know does not play much defense at all. The Raptors expected to score over 10 more points than their season average. Trey Young, very good offensively. Some of the numbers defensively look okay. I think he's one of the worst defenders out there at the position. 25th in defensive efficiency against this position are the Atlanta Hawks. So Kyle Lowry, again, we'll get some recency bias here. Good matchup here. Toronto should smash in this spot. And then Kyle Lowry, a big reason why against the Atlanta Hawks. All right, let's go down low. Get your big man power forward. Center, Daniel Tice of the Celtics. So Tice been very good to us here in the fantasy bar. So let's go right back to the well here. I think the Celtics going to be shorthanded once again. Noannis Canner, Jason Tatum looking doubtful for tonight. So two of the main bigs going to be out of that lineup. That's good things for Daniel Tice, who doesn't need a boatload of minutes to get things done. This guy can produce even in low 20s minutes. So let's look at the recent results. Comes in in good form, over 30 FanDuel points in six of his last seven games. So if you're looking cash games, you want that 5X return, he's giving you that. You want upside in tournaments, giving you that as well. And Miami, yes, very good defensive team, but not so much against Biggs, one of the worst teams in defensive efficiency against centers this season. Daniel Tice still remains good value here, even with these elevated price points. Love the spot tonight against the Miami Heat. All right, back to the mid-range at shooting guard. Small forward, Chris Middleton of Milwaukee. So the box projected for almost 130 points in this one. You worry about the blowout. I don't worry about it as much here. If they're going to score 130 points, Chris Middleton going to be a big part of that. So cash games gives you the floor you're looking for. Nice stability there. The number's been pretty solid. The minutes been solid. Production been very solid. Also gives you that GPP ceiling. It can absolutely get you into the 40s here. And at low sevens on both of the big sites, definitely within the realm of possibilities here for him to do that. And shooting guard, really been a problem for the Washington Wizards. Kind of like the Trey Young example we just talked about. Bradley Beal has to do so much offensively. So he leaves a lot to be desired on the defensive side of the floor. That's good things for Chris Middleton. And even if he's playing small forward, guess what? They're not much better against that position either. 
bottom 10 in fantasy points allowed there as well. So no matter what position he's playing here, we know Washington, a team we want to target here. And I'm going to do it here tonight with Chris Middleton at these low 7K price points. All right, another big man for you, power forward center, Julius Randle of the Knicks. Now this one's interesting. You look at the big pricing difference here. Vandal, great value at 7,400. Then you go over to DraftKings, 8,600 is a big price to pay for Julius Randle. So what I would do, cash games, I think he's a phenomenal option on Vandal in tournaments as well. The price not high enough. DraftKings, I think he's a great payup to be contrarian spot. Nobody's going to want to pay 8,600 for Julius Randle. Some great names below him. Some cheaper names below him, I think people will gravitate to. So, you'll get him lower owned on DraftKings, sometimes paying up to be contrarian, the way to go. And I think you can do that with Julius Randle. Charlotte, we know, terrible against bigs this season. Well, let's focus on power forward here for a minute. Bottom five in points allowed to power forwards, rebounds allowed, and of course, fantasy points allowed to that position. The floor has been excellent for Julius Randle. 16 straight games of 30 or more fantasy points. Half of those have gone for 40 or more, so the upside is there in GPPs as well. So again, one of the better values on FanDuel, DraftKings, don't let that price scare you off. Probably wouldn't go there in cash games, but in tournaments, you can get them lower owned because of that price point. Either way, great matchup here tonight for Julius Randle against the Charlotte Hornets. All right, let's get some value here at shooting guard. Small forward, Tim Hardaway Jr. of the Mavericks. So we know Dallas, the Luka, and Porzingis show, absolutely. But Tim Hardaway, a guy that's kind of filling that third guy, the third scorer role for him, and playing a ton of minutes, which is what I like. You know, the returns recently, kind of like we talked about Kyle Lowry, a little lackluster, a little disappointing. Let's not go off of that. Let's look at the minutes. Let's look at the upside possibilities here. And I think 7, 8x return on this salary, not out of the question. The Suns have struggled with wings like Hardaway, guys that can put the ball in the hoop. Phoenix has had issues with those kind of guys, and it showed. Last time out in this matchup, Hardaway went for almost 36 DraftKings points against the Phoenix Suns. So under 5K on each site, we know the upside is there, and I think this game stays competitive. And Tim Hardaway, one of those middle-range plays I think people will overlook here tonight. I think that's a mistake. Love this spot for Tim Hardaway tonight against the Phoenix Suns. All right, it's time to take a look at my favorite play for Tuesday night. But before we do that, guys, we're going to run it back. That's right. We're going to say thank you once again to all the loyal bar patrons here for watching the video, thumbs up in the video, sharing the video, subscribing to the channel, whatever it is. We appreciate it. I appreciate you guys always checking in here at the Fantasy Bar. So the Beast of the Night contest rolls on. All you got to do, absolutely free to enter. Get in the comment section right below the video. And I need your best guess on fantasy points on DraftKings for my Beast of the Night closest guest. Going to win themselves a free three-day pass of Roto-Grinders Premium. Gives you access to every single piece of content that we have. So free to play. Get in the comment section. Who are we guessing on? Let's take a look. My favorite play for Tuesday night. You know Matt's the beast of the night. All right, beast time. We're going to go to the other side of that Dallas-Phoenix game. We're going to go with power forward center DeAndre Ayton. Tonight's beast of the night. So this Wolves game is going to fly under the radar a little bit. We got some much higher totals, some much higher team totals here. But I really love stacking this game. But a big reason why, love DeAndre Ayton in this spot. Six double-doubles over the last seven games. We talk about ceiling games. This guy's going over 50 on FanDuel 
in three of the last six games. So you start doing the math here. We're talking about an easy 6-7-8x return. And Dallas horrible against centers. Dead last in defensive efficiency against this position. If you think Willie Cauley-Stein is going to fix this problem, think again. I think they're only going to get worse defending this spot here. And noted, DraftKings added power forward eligibility to DeAndre Ayton. It'll allow you to get more centers in your lineup, which I'm always a big fan of. But either way, this matchup against Dallas, too good for me to ignore here. I think Phoenix stays in this game. Reason why DeAndre Ayton has a massive night, making him easily my favorite play on the board. And tonight's beast of the night. All right, guys, that wraps up for Tuesday night in the Fantasy Bar. As always, any comments, questions, feedback, hit me up in the comment section right below the video. Don't forget, your guess for fantasy points on DraftKings as well for DeAndre Ayton for that shot at a free three-day pass for Roto Grinders Premium. You can also follow me on Twitter, at Fan. Love talking DFS with you guys over there. For RotoGrinders.com, I am Beer Sansalu. Best of luck tonight, guys. We'll take tomorrow off. Be back once again on Thursday. Good luck tonight, and we'll see you on Thursday. Hey, thanks for checking out our videos. If you want more expert advice on DraftKings, FanDuel, or any other daily fantasy sports, make sure you check out the current videos playlist. Welcome to Grinders Live. I am Stevie TPFL here to talk some NBA hoops. I know you guys are used to me in the mornings, but uh, we're switching it up and uh, get one of these afternoon shows. So get to talk about kind of my final thoughts here after I've done a bunch of research and um, some premium stuff here at Rotor Grinders. So excited to talk about this NBA slate. And um, I'll be honest, it has changed a lot since I recorded the morning grind today because of the Milwaukee news. So we'll talk about that here in just a minute. But I'm joined by the Arizona quarterback, Kyler Murray. I mean, Kyle Murray, the DFS player. How are you doing, my friend? Good, man. Yeah, just uh, got, got back from uh, your home state, Florida, last uh, last night. So feeling good, ready to get back in the swing of things. And talk, you know, not a midnight uh, podcast. You were talking live two hours before lock, feeling good about it. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, hey, listen, I like my first looks. Um, I, it really, like, sets me up for the day. So I hope yeah. everybody, like, sets everybody up for the day, too. So, um, I'm excited to you know talk some hoops here. Uh, if you are watching over there on YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe. If you're not watching on YouTube, why not? Go over to Roto-Grinders YouTube page. Make sure you hit that like, subscribe. Join chat. I have chat open right here. It's right, right there. Um, and we will you know interact with chat throughout the show. Have some fun. Like this is just fun. It's an eight game slate. It's not any like. We'll we'll talk about the Bucks. We'll probably start with the Bucks. Um, but like this slate is this slate is kind of one of those slates where 
you know, we, we have a starting point because of Giannis not playing. So join us in chat and, um, you know, let's have some fun here on Grinders Live. If you haven't already, make sure you head on over to Stake Kings, um, one of the best showdown players in the DFS in the industry, Big T. I've been talking smack, and you know you're in the channel. I've been talking a ton of smack to Big T as far as basketball goes. We got the RG basketball game coming up. I've been talking a ton of smack. I've been posting videos, how I'm going to dunk on him. Um, but if you want to make some money, uh, Big T has some action posted for the big game here next week. And this action is starting to fill up really fast. So head on over to State Kings, Big T44. Take advantage of this because, honestly, the dude is a beast. And, you know, I have a, I have a hard time not seeing him have a really good Super Bowl slate. So also, as always, you know, we always do the RG badge promo. Um, if you're playing tournaments, take advantage of this RG badge promo. Like you can win free premium and stuff. So, you know, we want to give shout outs to all these guys and gals um, that have been rocking the RG badge. Um, if you are in the YouTube chat, you can definitely head on over there and look at um, the link. But uh, JW1975, Blaze217, Fight95, and T Carter49. Just want to give you guys proper shout outs. Uh, loving, loving this RG badge promo, but. All right, Kyle, let's um let's start here with Milwaukee. Um, yeah, I've already have Court IQ pulled up. If you haven't checked out Court IQ, go to Rotor Grinders NBA. It, it's right there. Let's um let's pull it up here and we'll look with Giannis off the floor. What's standing out to you at first here with Giannis off the floor? Yeah, so you know I uh, you know, did a lot of playing around with Core IQ here. You can you know take Giannis off obviously, but you can also do things like you know keeping Bledsoe Middleton. You can pair them up, put them on, and get a little bit different numbers that way. Uh, the main thing is right off the bat, you see the huge bumps that Bledsoe and uh, Middleton get. Obviously, the usage is going to go up with a guy like Giannis being off the floor. But those aren't the only two guys that get pretty significant boosts here. There are a handful of guys here. There's Ilyasova, there's DiVincenzo, there's Brooke Lopez. So those are the five guys that I think are all getting the most significant boosts. And uh, I do think, you know, if you switch around a little bit, you add uh, Bledsoe and Middleton, keep them on the floor. Obviously, the sample size is smaller, but you do see, you do see some interesting things here. Um, Middleton's uh, usage rate drops a little bit as well as his permanent uh, production. So I think there there'll be some, obviously, a lot of interest in guys like Middleton and Bledsoe and Ilyasova. But let's not forget about the guys like Brooke Lopez and Dante DiVincenzo, who I really like a lot tonight as well. Yeah, obviously, if we go down and we're looking at like the differential, we can see that Eric Bledsoe, biggest bump here, 9.6% with Giannis off the floor. Shouldn't really shock anyone. Um, Middleton, 7.4%. But the, the sneaky one here like, is Brooke Lopez, 5.7% usage bump. Brooke Lopez will get shots up, and like, it's not like Washington's a great defensive team. If we go over – and we look at like NBA stats, we can see like the pace of both of these teams. Washington's the fourth fastest, Milwaukee's the first fastest, and we go over to defensive efficiency. Milwaukee's number one in the league, but Washington's 30th in the league. This is the worst defensive team. It's a team that is gonna allow plenty of shots and they're gonna allow bad you know, bad defense. Like this isn't a secret, Kyle. This isn't a secret. Like playing Middleton, playing Bledsoe, playing Brooke Lopez. Uh, I know I'm Miss Ilasova. Like, it, it's not a secret here. Like, you know, but I do think that if we're looking at it, I think that, you know, you're playing these guys. You're not, like, in tournaments and cash games, you're playing these guys, especially in cash games. But I don't see these guys 
busting in enough scenarios that like I'm fading them maybe underweight a little bit in tournaments. If you're playing large field tournaments, I'm a three entry max guy. I know you're more of like a fan duel single entry, you know, you know, type of player as well. Even if I'm running, even if I was running 150 lineups in this, on this slate, which I'm not, I'm playing three entry max. I wouldn't be underweight on these Milwaukee players. Yeah, I think that's the way to look at it. We, I mean, we've talked about it over and over again, whether it's on the morning grind or grinders live. Chalk and NBA is just better. You know, it's there's less you know risk with it. You know, there's a lot of really good chalk in NBA, night in and night out. And this is another scenario with it. You know, you can't get any better of a matchup. All these guys are getting pretty significant boosts, whether it's minutes, usage, permanent production. The boosts are there. So, yeah, you're playing them. But there are also ways that you can get pretty contrained in this game alone too. And that you can you can play guys on the other side with the Wizards. You know, taking Giannis off the floor that's going to bring the the defensive efficiency down for the Bucks significantly as well. So, might be a little bit better of a matchup for these Wizards as well. And then a guy like Dante DiVincenzo, he bringing him up because I like him a lot. Fanduel is forty five hundred. Uh, definitely playable over there on DraftKings as well with that price tag. So, I like him a pretty good amount. He could be a, a sneaky little. You know, not not necessarily a pivot, but a way to get you know action on this game on this side of things, with uh, with being a little bit contrarian and also saving some money. So he's a guy I like a lot as well. Let's pull up lineup HQ here. Um, I've already locked in Bledsoe and Elsova. I think that like if you're looking generally at this game, um, you know, just the Milwaukee side, you can definitely lock in Middleton too. You know, especially in cash games. Uh, so if you're locking in those three guys, obviously, if we're looking here, like. You know, we can see that Brooke Lopez expected to exceed value. Um, DiVincenzo expected to exceed value. Like, these guys are expected to exceed value. If you're running three Milwaukee players, you know, we had another stat question um, that we'll get to in a few minutes here as far as stacking is concerned on this slate because I do think there's an interesting stack to run with this game um, that kind of works out salary-wise. If you're looking at um, if you're looking at like playing Bledsoe, playing Middleton, playing Ilasova, I I could consider playing even a fourth buck in, in cash games. They have a 126 implied total, which is I think six points higher than the second highest total on this slate. So like their total is so high. Is there anybody on the Washington side that you feel like you want to run it back with, or that you're going to run it back with? Yeah, I think Bradley Beal's a guy that you can definitely run it back here with. You know, the price tag has come up a little bit ever since it was uh, way too low, especially on Fanduel. We, we talked about that price tag on, on the morning grind a handful of times. So Bradley Beal, I think, is someone you can run it back with. And then also, um, Troy Brown is a guy I do have some interest in. No Jordan McRae tonight, so maybe Troy Brown picks up a few extra minutes here. Was already a guy who was, you know, pretty productive, you know, per minute. And uh, not, not, not the most usage in the world, but, you know, I have him projected for 29 minutes. So I do think he's a guy who can get in there and, you know, maybe be a defensive specialist or whatever, whatever they might need. But it's going to be a high total, high paced game for, the, for this matchup. So I think Troy Brown, a guy uh, who's definitely cheap, cheap enough to be playable here, um, potentially get a few more minutes with McCray out. So Brown and Beal are the main ones for me. And then um, Davis Bertans as well. So he got back and I think he, I believe he played 32 minutes in that last one. The price is definitely appealing uh, on, on FanDuel, but he's going to come off the bench again. So if you can get around 30 minutes, I think that's something that's really interesting. Prefer him on Fandle where he's a little bit cheaper, but you know, at 5-1 over there, I think he's a reason okay play. Uh, not necessarily a lock button player or anything like that, but I do think he is someone to at least consider for tournaments. Yeah, so like, you know, you play a lot more on Fandle on DraftKings. I still think Bradley Beal has plenty of upside um yeah. at 8.3k. I think Troy Brown Jr. is fine. Um, no Jordan McRae. I think Troy Brown, like, I think his floor is like 25, 26 minutes in this game. I think he probably plays, like, we haven't projected for 28 and Ish Smith for 28. 
I think Troy Brown ends up more like 31. So that I just I, I think he ends up playing a little bit more. So if I'm running it back here, if I have some of the, these Milwaukee guys and I want to run it back, Beal, Bertans, Brown. I think Ish Smith is interesting for tournaments. As you can see, like I have him tagged on DraftKings today for a salary saver uh, because I do think he's an interesting like tournament salary saver type of play. We have him projected around seven percent. I think he actually comes in, you know, lower than that as well. So, um, you know, one thing that we talked about pre-show was kind of just the Boston Celtics. You know, they're another team that's missing a couple guys here tonight. Um, Cantor, he's out. Tatum expected to be out. Um, I know he was doubtful. I don't know if we've officially got the word yet. Let's talk about this team because the matchup is a little bit different here for Boston today. Going into Miami, it is back-to-back for Miami. But we have to, I think, mention Kimball Walker, right? Like that's, you know, 5% usage increase, 33.4% increase or overall. Uh, What do you like here for Boston with these guys out? Yeah, I, I just think uh, Hayward and Brown specifically are just way too underpriced for the minutes boost that they're going to get, as well as the usage. And they're already permanent, good permanent guys. So, yeah, but yeah, Kemba definitely gets the the biggest boost out of all of them. The sample size is pretty strong: two hundred eighty-seven minutes, thirty-three uh, percent usage, one point three one fantasy points per minute with Tatum off the floor. So, yeah, all three of those guys are definitely interesting. And today, the way the the slate shaking out, I think Kemba Walker is going to be extremely overlooked. Um, especially on Fanduel, where you really can only play two point guards. So, you know, I think he's going to be a guy when people are going to be essentially locking in Bledsoe. Then you got Trey Young and Luca on the slate as well. I think a guy like Kemba could be really contrarian. Yeah, it is a really tough matchup here, but um, you know, Kemba Walker and these and these Celtics guys are guys that can you know get their get their efficiency and their production no matter what kind of matchup it is. So, uh, Walker, Jalen Brown, and Hayward would be the ones for me. I would pre- I would probably prefer Gordon Hayward over Jalen Brown. They're essentially the same price uh, on Fanduel, so. I would prefer uh, Hayward over there, but yeah, I like all three of these guys, and I think they're all pretty good plays, even in a tough matchup. Yeah, and I think you can flip flop it on DraftKings. I think you can play Brown over Hayward and save the seven hundred dollars um, on DraftKings. But like, we're we're projecting like all these Boston players like to be under ten percent owned. Um, outside of Jalen Brown on DraftKings, he's like twenty percent, which is probably pretty close. Um, but I, th- I think Boston, just a team that could potentially fly under the radar here. Like, we're trying to win a tournament tonight. And Milwaukee and this Washington-Milwaukee game is just going to be so overly popular. Um, and, and I think that the New Orleans-Cleveland game is going to be really popular as well. Um, but there's a there's another game that we'll talk about here in a minute. Um, so, and people are talking about Tatum is questionable. Like he, he's more on the doubtful side. Uh, we should be getting a report here, the actual official injury report here within the next few minutes to see if he is going to be doubtful or if he got upgraded to questionable. So we'll, we'll kind of have to see as, as far as that when it comes out. But I think Kimba is really interesting. I think something that people overlook doing too is not using like the date range on court IQ. And let's like, let's look at like the last four weeks with Tatum and Cantor off the floor to kind of like narrow it down a little bit. Um, just, I think smaller sample sizes are fine in basketball, but we could see here that like we're still seeing Kimba high usage, averaging 1.38 fantasy points per minute. Like, is this something that you like to do? I, I love, you know, using court IQ narrowing it down and getting a smaller sample to kind of basketball and coaches change so much throughout the season that I like, I actually like smaller samples. 
Yeah, definitely. And you, especially when you have the past knowledge of maybe another guy being out. So for the going back to the Bucks as an example, we've seen Bledsoe and Middleton miss extended periods of time. So um, putting them both on the floor and taking Giannis off is something that I looked into doing. Um, yeah, the, the the sample becomes smaller, but you get a more uh, better feel of how these guys are going to perform when they're playing together. Because a lot of times they're going to be on the floor together with each other. And, you know, maybe a sample of just taking Giannis off the floor will give you those X amount of minutes of when they were playing, you know, by themselves without Middleton because he was out or without Bledsoe because he was out. So definitely something you can do, especially when you have that that knowledge of, you know, if someone was out for an extended period of time or if things change. So using the date range is definitely helpful for sure. I'm going to I'm going to stick with that theme and I'm going to go to one of these guys that I really like for tournaments tonight. If you're playing large field tournaments, if you're playing like three entry max, this is a guy that I'm going to get exposure to. And I'm going to, I've already kind of set it up, but I'm just going to show that I've, I've selected the last two weeks for Trey Young. Trey Young over the last two weeks has a 34.3% usage rate and he's averaging 1.6 fantasy points per minute. We dig into this a little bit more, Kyle, and we can see here that 41.7%, 37.4, 42.2, 35.1. His usage is absolutely insane right now. Um, I don't think he's going to get any ownership on this slate. Like, if we're looking at projected ownership, 9.2% on DraftKings, 7% on FanDuel, 5% on Yahoo. I know there's some really solid value out there, and I think there's a lot of people that want to, you know, use some of these guys. But, like, let's let's look at Trey Young here. And, yeah, he's expensive, but, like, the dude has continuously showed us the type of upside that he has. Yeah, I mean, especially when you look at DraftKings, when he has that added bonus of he hits a lot of threes, turns the ball over a lot, so the, those points are obviously less. You lose less points on DraftKings. You got the, all the bonuses for triple-double and double-double and whatnot. So really, I think he's a really good play on DraftKings. I love him a lot in FanDuel. I'll definitely have a, a pretty good amount of him in my three max. So, yeah, I think he's a really strong play. You mentioned it. A lot of value opens up, and people are going to really want to get Luka in their laps. And while I think Luka's a great play, I think Trey Young's a great play as well. It is a tough matchup. Uh, he's probably going to be matched up with Van Vliet, who you know is obviously a really good perimeter defender. But you know, it's Trey Young; he can be any kind of matchup. And you know, this could be a game where I like somebody on the other side who we maybe we talk about a little bit. Uh, Pascal Siakam, I like him a pretty good amount. So pairing these guys makes a little bit of sense as well, because obviously if Siakam's going to have a stealing game, the game's going to stay close. And with Toronto at home, if they're going to keep this one close, you've got to think Trey Young's going to have a hand in that. So uh, yeah, I like those two together a lot in the same the same game. And Trey Young makes a lot of sense. Anytime you can get Trey Young at less than 10% ownership, I think that's something you at least have to consider. Yeah, and if you're playing like the Milwaukee guys, if you want to like play Trey Young and Siakam, like you still have around 5K to fill yeah. three spots. Like it's it's a stack that you could put on top of your Milwaukee stack. And you could even use a fourth Milwaukee player as a, another value guy if you really wanted to here. Because, you know, when you're looking at tournaments here, you want to be different. Everybody's playing Milwaukee tonight. They're the best place. We're not sitting here saying that Milwaukee's not the best place. I don't think I'm stacking Boston, Miami. I don't think I'm stacking Charlotte, New York. There's another game stack that we'll talk about here in a second. But I think that when you're looking at tournaments here today, you know, being different with a stack on top of your Milwaukee stack is something that could really set you apart. And I think that a Siakam, Trey Young stack where we have these guys projected for 17 and 9% ownership, it, you could really take advantage of this type of stack to be different in tournaments. 
Yeah, and that's one of my favorite pairings of the night. And I think especially on a, on a smaller slate where, you know, maybe correlation helps you a little bit more, especially in tournaments. Uh, it's, it's not like it's a 12-game or, you know, 10-game massive slate or anything like that. we got a seven-gamer here so um, or eight-gamer. So I, I think it's a good idea to maybe stack guys even more, especially in spots where there's a few really good games that's mainly the Washington Milwaukee one, but you know, the two forty four total or whatever it is now. But you know, with when games like that kind of gotta get in on those. So it makes a, little, a lot of sense to be correlated tonight. Yeah, somebody in YouTube chat, again, if you're not on YouTube, head on over to chat. We're we're paying attention to chat. There's a couple questions about stacks we'll talk about um here in a few seconds. Um we had a three ball, who's better, Stevie or Bertans? We all know Stevie's better. Um, but somebody in chat is asking us over on YouTube, will it be a blowout? Like these two teams just played eight days ago, 117 to 122. That game was in Atlanta. Obviously that makes a huge difference. Could it be a blowout? Sure. But if we're going to get low ownership on these guys, Milwaukee guys are going to be popular. We have to take chances. And like, if I'm taking a chance on a guy like Trey young, if Trey young hits his ceiling, this game stays close because he's the reason why. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, honestly, even with Trey Young, we've seen him continuously play deep into the games of blowouts. He's, you know, it kind of feels like he's a lock for 35 minutes every single night, whether the game's close or not, really, because they just continuously get him in there late in games, even in games that are are out of reach. So I think Trey Young, you have a little bit less of concern. I think the concern more comes with Siakam on the other side. Maybe he gets, maybe he loses a few minutes, but his price tag, especially on FanDuel, is just way too cheap to where even if this game does blow up, maybe he only plays 30 minutes. He could still crush his tag, and then maybe if the game stays close, which pairing these two together would make a lot of sense in correlating that, then he's in the mid mid 30s of minutes, and then he's all of a sudden hitting a ceiling, and there you go. That's that's how you, that's how I think about it anyway when I'm building GPP lineups. I'll be honest, and let's just be honest for a second. I don't think that um, I don't think that any of these guys like we shouldn't be building lineups for tournaments thinking a blowout. Like anytime you're right. building a tournament lineup, do not be oh this game could blow out. Like that's just not how you build tournament lineups. Yeah, and the, the only time I really ever do that is if I'm playing a bench guy and say, hey, maybe he gets a few more minutes. But when I'm playing a starter or even a stud with upside, uh, definitely don't want to think about that because. That if they blow out, then that lineup's probably not gonna get there anyway. So you're building lineups for first place. So uh, that's that's how you got to think of it. All right. So kind of while we're on the topic of game stacking and ways to be different, I have my I have my quarter IQ up here. I love this Denver Minnesota game. I don't know if a lot of people will love this game. Looking at projected ownership, nobody um, is really projected for a ton of ownership here. I love this. I love that this is just a game that's kind of flying under the radar as a 224 total. It's kind of come, it's come down a little bit, but like when we're thinking of Memphis, we're thinking of one of the fastest paced teams in the NBA, Jamal Murray out, like Denver has been playing a little bit faster. Do you feel like this game could potentially like be a difference maker? Or am I, am I off my rocker here? No, I definitely like some of these pieces. I, I think when it comes to game stacking, the pricing of some of these guys makes it a little, little bit harder to game stack these guys compared to the Washington-Milwaukee game, but obviously that's going to happen when you have Giannis out. But, yeah, I think there are definitely some pieces that I like on both sides, um, even with Denver being a tough defensive team. I look at a guy like Jaron Jackson. I think he's uh, at a pretty good price, and I think he's got some upside here. We, we've seen the prices on guys like Jeremy Grant and Michael Porter come up a little bit, so that's that's a little bit tough. But Will Barton at 6 K, I I think he's just way too cheap. We saw him lose a few minutes last game, but I don't think that's anything that will remain uh, consistent. And then Gary Harris came back. The minutes appear to be limited, but he came in last game and got up uh, 13 shots. 
So those guys are definitely value plays that, or Gary Harris is a value play that you you could potentially have interest in. And Will Barton's one of my favorite small forwards of the day. So I'm I'm excited to hear you uh, hype up Jokic a little bit. I have a feeling you're going to like him, and normally you <laughs> are anti-Jokic. So I'm excited to hear this one. Yeah, you know, for sure. I am not a Jokic person. Anybody that listens to the morning grind knows that when I talk about Jokic, you fade him. And when I <laughs> fade him, you play him. Here's the thing. When we're looking at Jokic, 10% Jokic, if if we do get a news that Embiid's not going to play, like he's still questionable, right? Like I, I haven't looked at the injury report. We've been going yeah, he's here. Gonna, he's going to be a game time decision, they said. Yeah, so like if Embiid sits, like Jokic is clearly the best center play on the slate, right? Like it's not like it's not like it's obviously like anybody can go off on any night. I'm not saying that, but like when we're looking at centers on this slate, like he's obviously I was just quickly refreshing. Yeah, he's still um, questionable here. So, you know, for me, like if you're playing Jokic, I like Jokic a lot, um, a lot. So which is so weird to say, but like <laughs> one of my favorite value plays on this slate is Kyle Anderson. I don't think a lot of people will play Kyle Anderson today. So like if you're playing Kyle Anderson and you're playing Jokic, you still have 6,200 for three spots. So you could technically, if you wanted to play Morant, if you're playing on FanDuel, I really like Michael Porter Jr. I think he's a little too cheap on FanDuel for his upside. So like if you're playing over there, I, I think that you know, there's plenty of ways that you can build a game stack. I think this is going to be one of the most competitive games on the entire slate as well. And it's going to be faster paced for Denver. So getting Jokic and getting another piece like a Michael Porter, getting like a Dylan Brooks. um, I just think these guys are kind of undervalued on this slate. And they're a team that I'm going to be taking a shot on just because like I'm trying to mix my Milwaukee teams up a little bit. And this is a game that really stood out to me um that I, that i really like yeah slow-mo slow-mo kyle anderson is definitely someone that could provide some value jay crowder doubtful i think that's a, a pretty good call um and then michael porter you mentioned i think he's just way too cheap on fando he's one of he's one of the, the guys that i'm actually making up somewhat of a priority here i think the price is just way too cheap and that that tag uh, that price range at that tag uh is just someone that i'm trying to target that range of players in the, the five to six k range at power forward on fando so yeah porter's someone that i like a lot as well uh, I do think you're sleeping on one center, and that's DeAndre Ayton. I know you like Jokic. Oh, I like uh, him a lot too. Okay, I, okay. I do. Yeah, that that was a that was a guy that I really like too. Yeah, I think he's probably my favorite one. I think I love Jokic a lot on the slate. I just think the fact that you can get you know a little bit of a discount for Ayton in this spot uh, against Dallas, whereas you know all of their all their big men hurt. You know, we we see Dwight Powell go down. We see Porzingis potentially out in this one after being uh, tabbed questionable in the middle of the day. So. Um, DeAndre Ayton's a guy I like a lot. We've actually seen a little bit of a price decrease, and the minutes have just been unreal for him with with guys like Baines and Kaminsky out, and they're still out again tonight. So he should see mid-30s of minutes. Played 39 in the last one, so the upside for those kind of minutes is there. Night in and night out with Ayton right now. As long as these guys are out, they just really need to have him on the floor as much as they can, really. So I, I like him a, a whole lot. He's my number one center tonight. Yeah, I would be uh, honestly. I think um, Porzingis is very questionable. Um, midday questionable tags always like alarm me. Yeah. Uh, we had some people over in YouTube chat asking um, as far as Embiid. As of the five thirty injury report, Embiid is still questionable. Um, so we'll just kind of have to pay attention to that. Uh, while we're on the topic of the Denver Me- Memphis game, um, this is the this is my sharp side lock today. Like I I was kind of questionable on the morning grind. I have my streak going. I have two going here. I've, I've been right a couple times here. 
Like it, it, I got it at two twenty three and a half. I love the over even at two twenty four. Um, I, I I love the over in this game uh, again. Like the, you know, if you're playing over there, if you haven't checked our sharp side, make sure you do it. The locks contest um, it, is a ton of fun. All you got to do is download the SharpSide app. If you go to a contest, you can kind of read about it. Um, the rules are right there at the top. You can see the contest info. Zero to five, you're not getting any money. But once you get your streak going, Kyle, like six to ten, you make ten bucks per pick. Eleven for fifteen, you're making twenty. You can make up to a hundred bucks per pick when you get that streak really rolling at twenty-one to thirty. I want to give a shout out to Tybu87. Um, he has a twelve streak going. That, that's that's phenomenal. Um, hopefully he can keep it going. So I like my, I like my two streak and I'm going to keep it rolling here. And I know we talked about Milwaukee already. You jumped on it early. You jumped on it like right away. Um, anybody that's using sharp side, when you have injury news hit midday, Kyle jumped on it right away. I tailed your pick as soon as you posted the video or the post of the picture. Yeah, I actually had interest in the blood so that blood so prop beforehand. Uh, I think it was at 15 and a half when I got it. And then, you know, obviously Giannis rolled out, so I had to jump all over that. I got the over on the the points at, at 15 and a half and over on the assist at uh five and a half. So um I, I think that was pretty solid, I think. I think it's a it's close to a lot because again I haven't projected for twenty five points, so almost a ten point difference there. So hopefully that works out. Yeah, you got that. Like I went I went Brooke Lopez ten and a half over. Middleton 19 and a half over like I as soon as you like posted that like line for Bledsoe and like this is just anybody that's using it like if you get advantage like if something like that drops in the middle of the day like take advantage of it get that streak rolling so if you haven't checked out sharp side make sure you do it it's awesome it's a ton of fun um and you can win money for free like who doesn't like free money right Kyle right um so we've been kind of all over the place. Um, I see a lot of people in, in YouTube chat kind of asking us about that Cleveland New Orleans game. Um, let's go over to that game and just kind of give, you know, some thoughts here. I think the person we start with is Zion because I know you play a lot on FanDuel. Like, is he's just a guy that is like a lock for you over there on FanDuel or is maybe two out of three lineups? Like, what are you doing with Zion? Yeah, so that, that like I mentioned, that price range is guy or guys that I'm looking for, and uh, I do think it's a pretty you know optimistic spot here for Zion. The minutes looked pretty strong in the last game. Uh, we'll be interesting to see where his you know final ownership projection falls because I think if he's a guy that's going to be somewhat chalky, might be uh, a spot where I pivot just because you know the, the minutes limit could still be there. Although he did, you know, he did seem to break through that ceiling of minutes limit last game, but you know it could still be there. Uh, he played 27 last game. Wouldn't be surprised to maybe see it come down around 25 again. So that's just something to monitor. If he's going to be super chalky, you could kind of play that narrative when pivoting. And then if he's, you know, if he's going to be under owned, I think he's definitely someone interesting. You know, it's a good matchup. The minutes got up there at 27. So for me, it's kind of just an ownership play for Zion. I don't think he's necessarily someone that I'm, you know, going out of my way to to, to get into lineups right now. I know Means he likes him a lot, made him a core play, and you know, obviously the great matchup. He's been amazing, really, since he, uh, you know, finally returned to the lineup. So no, no complaints with Zion. But for me, the main target in this game that I have some interest in is Dante Exum, who uh, just a, a minute ago was announced he's going to be starting for Darius Garland. So he's someone that's going to provide some value. I know he's going to be fairly popular on DraftKings, but on Fanduel, you know, you only get to play two point guards. Bloodsoe is going to be, you know, filling up half of that. So. I think uh, Don Jackson could be pretty contrarian on FanDuel. I don't know how contrarian. I don't want to go out and say he's going to be 5% or anything, but I would assume he's going to be under 20. I haven't checked the updated uh, ownership projection since going live, but I assume he'd be fairly uh, low-owned. So he's someone that I'm, uh, I'm really interested in this game. 
Yeah, I, I like that one. Um, yeah, I, I haven't even thought about Exum, to be honest. Um, maybe I need to go update a tag for him, um, knowing that he's going to be starting here. So I think um, I think he's actually really interesting. Like, I have interest in Sexton. I don't think he's like a lock and load play, but I think he is a guy that if you're ending up in that range, I think Favors is another guy if you're ending up in that range. The only problem with Derek Favors is, like, there's a bunch of centers on this slate that I like. Um so I'm going to I'm going to do something here. Hopefully um this is okay as far as um you know the producer goes. <laughs> I did not ask on this, but we have we have people in chat asking about Marcus All and we have people asking about Brook Lopez. So I'm going to do something that like I typically will do when I'm like comparing two players and hopefully this is cool. Um I'm not getting any word that it's not cool. So what I'll do is I'll pull up both of these guys on lineup HQ. Like if I have two guys that I'm kind of looking at in the same range and just kind of compare them. So I have it pulled up, Kyle. I have Marcus all pulled up. I have Brooke Lopez pulled up. If you're playing like a Jokic, if you're playing like an Aiton, you know, on DraftKings, you still have your utility spot um, where you can play one of these guys if you want to. But when I'm looking at this, I'm looking at like, we're seeing really good value for both of these guys. Um, projection is, you know, both over five X. Um, I think that the biggest thing here is Brooke Lopez is projected for 28% ownership and Marcus Gasol is projected for 10. And when I'm looking at the ceiling, like it's like four, um, four points, you know, difference and, and like four points on an 18% ownership difference. Like I think, you know, a guy like Marcus Gasol could be an excellent pivot here. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. The the only issue with Gasol really, I, I liked Gasol beforehand you know last night when doing you know a little bit of a first look type thing for myself as well I thought Gasol would be someone that could be very interesting so I think it's definitely a, a good pivot here you know you obviously around the same price and the ownership obviously getting that kind of discount on ownership is huge so I think Marc Gasol could be a, a natural pivot considering that they're so close in price as well but know this and again I'm not trying to project a blowout if Toronto gets a lead and they're handling this game there's a good chance Marcus All is one of the, you know, one of the good, um, yeah. like one of the first guys off the floor. Like, I just want to be known, like, not to be known, but whenever I'm like considering like a 1v1, I get 1v1 questions all the time. We get them on Twitter, we get them in chat. Um, you know, this is a way that like I process things. Um, I, I think like people don't do this enough when you're like doing 1v1s because if like, if I'm looking at this screen and I have lineup HQ, I have premium on rotor grinders. Um, it, it tells me like everything I need to know is right in front of me. I, I still think like, I still think Brooke Lopez is a better play. I, I do. But if I'm looking for a pivot, like Chad is looking for a pivot, actively looking for a pivot. Um, I think Marcus all is a really strong pivot. Yeah, definitely. And I, like, I, Personally, you know, there's there's two really ways to pivot a guy who's going to be pretty chalk. It's a natural pivot like this. That's what I mean when I say natural pivot. He's in the same price range, same position. Or you can kind of flip lineup construction on its head and kind of find different ways to uh, to make your lineup different that way. And these pivots are nice, especially in NBA when you're trying to get, you know, the the guys like Bledsoe and like Yosova into your lineup. So this is a natural pivot that I like a lot, and you get, you know, over half the uh, – or, or less than half the, the ownership. So I, I like Gasol a lot tonight. Um, all right, so I, I, I have the keys to lineup HQ right in front of me, so we can kind of look at whatever you want. Is there is there anything that is standing out to you on this slate that we really haven't been talking about? Uh, I mean, as far as the, uh, you know, on lineup HQ, when you quickly look at it, when I'm sorting on FanDuel primarily by 
with everybody, all positions. I know you're, I, I think you have drafting pulled up, but when I saw, oh, I'm switching time, it. I, I have okay, the cool. keys. Like I haven't got any, like I haven't been yelled at yet in my ear <laughs> um, or anything like that. I'm just switching it. We're, if you don't have premium, like I'm giving you a look today, like you should be taking advantage of this show and liking yeah. and subscribing to the Rotor Grinders, um, you know, like page here because I feel like we're we're giving out a ton here. Um, so if you if you don't have premium, make sure you subscribe, hit the like button, comment below, tell us what you think. Um, all right, I have Fanduel pulled up, Kyle. Tell me what you're looking at here. Yeah, so when you sort it by point per dollar, you'll see you know there's a lot of top plays, and you'll see guys like Dalen Wright. Dante Exum, two guys that are, you know, top five in point per dollar plays, less than 5% ownership on these guys. Like, you know, a lot of guys are going to levitate to the, the standard, the lineup builds of, you know, Middleton and Bledsoe and Ilyasova. But in tournaments, especially in the deep field tournaments, you know, you got guys like Exum and Wright who are strong value plays. I prefer Exum. Uh, I know it's tougher to get him because he's at point guard, but there's guys, there's so many guys that have really good uh, value projections that are just solo owned. And then you can keep going down. You'll see Kevin Herter. 8% ownership. You'll see Ricky Rubio, 9% ownership. And then one of my favorites of the night, Dante DiVincenzo, 7% ownership. So there's a ton of guys who are providing really good value for our lineups here that aren't getting ownership tonight. So um, that's one thing that I've noticed pretty much all day. And then especially when the news kept coming, uh, I think people were levitating to this. So we see a lot of concentrated ownership. We see Middleton at 70%. Middleton at 70%. Uh, I'm going to go out on the limb and say this is this is something that, you know, if I had to pick between, you know, the main three, Bledsoe, Ilyasova, and Middleton, he would be three for me. You know, obviously, he's the most expensive out of all of them. Bledsoe projects nearly similar to him. And, you know, and you have a guy on the same team at the same position, and Dante DiVincenzo, who I've talked about all show that I like a lot. So I think, you know, Milton the guy, is a guy who I might be a little bit under the field on. Uh, still like him a good amount. Still think he's a good cash game play. But for tournaments, uh, he's, some, he's someone to, to at least note. 70% ownership is a lot. So we've seen guys like that. Um, and a lot of times they, they end up being all right. But, you know, I think there's at least a chance to say, hey, there's some pivots here, especially when you take lineup construction in different light. And there's a lot of value here that's going overlooked. So Dante Exum, Dante DiVincenzo. We're just going to play all the Dantes tonight. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> Works for me. So we're, we're still getting questions, like, as far as, like, Denver goes. So I'm going to go over to Court IQ. Um, again, like, it's one of the tools that I probably use the most um, on Rotor Grinders outside of lineup HQ. And I'm going to take Millsap, Plumley, and Jamal Murray off the floor. And I'm going to look at, again, I'm going to look at the last two weeks. Um, it's very recent. It, all three of these guys have been out. We've seen a lot of adjustments with this team. So here's, here's you know, what's standing out to me. Jokic, 29.9%, 1.44 fantasy points per minute. Michael Porter Jr., again, 1.17 fantasy points per minute. Somebody's asking us in chat, can you play both Porter and Jokic on FanDuel? I think the answer is yes. You play a lot more on FanDuel than I do. But here's the thing that I like to do as well. So Michael Porter Jr. is averaging 1.17 fantasy points per minute over the last um, you know two weeks. So I'll set his minimum projection to one minute, change his actual fantasy points to 1.17, just to kind of get an idea. I'll go back to the Rotor Grinders projection of minutes of 25 minutes, and you can see how much that really will bump him up to make him. Again, I think they're undervalued. I, I think Denver in general is undervalued on this slate. So, and I think you could even bump it up a little bit higher with the pace matchup, the defensive matchup of Memphis. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think this is a good spot to talk about. You know, I think the real situation for guys that I wouldn't play together are Grant and Porter. I thought like these guys are going to be the guys that, uh, 
kind of co- conflict each other. So, you know, if, if Grant maybe loses a few minutes, I think Porter will get those few minutes. So uh, I think with Plumlee out, it's a little bit different. I think both these guys can see, you know, pretty strong minutes here. Uh, and Bede was actually just ruled in. So uh, I think those – but I think Porter's a guy who's a really strong play on FanDuel. I probably don't get to Grant on FanDuel, even though I do think he's a, a, a good play – a good player and in a good spot with minutes wise and in, in the role that he's going to have. But for me, uh, it's Barton and Porter on, on this Denver side with Jokic kind of being another good option as well. But now with Embiid in and then with uh, how much I like Aiden, I think Jokic probably be my, my either two or three center, but mainly Aiden will be in my main lineup at center. And I think Barton and Porter would kind of get priority for, for this game. All right. So let's go to Embiid news. The good thing about this show, like we can kind of just talk about stuff as it's coming out. Yeah. Um, you know, crunch time coming up after us. Obviously, you know, we, we have Meansy, JSU, and Roth at crunch time at 6.30 Eastern. They'll have a lot more injury news, and they'll be able to break things down a, a lot better than what we will. Um, but Embiid, um, you know, let's talk about Embiid really quick. He's available. Obviously, we won't get the starting lineup until closer to lock, but available Embiid, that just means he's playing, right? Like, what does this do for you with Philly now, you know, in this matchup against Golden State? We know just how bad Golden State is <laughs> um, yeah. defensively and overall. What does this do for you for Philly where, like, before this news, maybe like Tobias, maybe like um, Simmons were in play. Does this kind of rule everybody out for you now? Yeah. So for me, you know, I had a lot of interest in Al Horford, but now with Embiid coming in, coming back in, I think he would, Al Horford would be the, the most likely that I would play out of Simmons, Tobias, and Horford because his price is just the most appealing. Ben Simmons, I essentially think you, I will, I'll have 0% Ben Simmons here. You know, when considering that Trey Young and Luke are on the, on the slate along with guys like Kemba and Bledsoe, I already wasn't going to have a ton of Ben Simmons at this price. And I was kind of, I was a little bit worried about it, but now I don't really have to worry about it too much. I, I think. Uh, I feel a lot better about the fade here at that price tag with Embiid coming back. Tobias Harris, kind of same thing. He got a price bump um, with how well he was playing with Embiid off the floor. 7-4 on both sides. I uh, don't think I get to him at all. I think you could still play Horford. Uh, I just don't know if he has the the ceiling, the same ceiling that he ha- once had with uh, Embiid off the floor. But as far as Embiid, it's going to come down to if there's a minutes limit and you know, kind of the minute projection that you feel comfortable giving him. Right now I have him for 28. You know, it's it's a finger injury, so he could easily not be limited at all. And you know, if we get a, a, a Joel, Joel Embiid at nine K on Fanduel, nine eight on DraftKings, who isn't limited against the Warriors, something that you'd have a lot of interest in. But it's just all going to come down to if they're they've always been careful with him throughout his entire career. So um, I think at twenty eight minutes, he doesn't really pop as a, an exceptional play. But you know, he definitely has the opportunity to get more. Um, I would if he gets into the thirty two, thirty three range, he could easily crush this and break the slate really. Yeah, like if you're mass multi-entering, you have to have some exposure to Embiid. Um, is how unless we get like a minutes restriction where it's kind of low. But like if even yeah. if he plays 28 minutes, like what we're talking about, like if you look, I, I pulled up his game log here before he got hurt: 32, 33, 36, 32 minutes in the last four games. So like obviously when we're looking at it, there he just he has the upside if he gets those types of minutes because Golden State, they don't have anybody that's going to match up with Joel Embiid. They don't have anybody. So, obviously, like, Embiid could crush here. Um, We did just get news that Tatum is out. Um, We kind of knew that was going to probably be the case. Javante Green is out as well. We gave Boston thoughts earlier. It doesn't really change, right? Like, the Boston thoughts that we had earlier, um, you know, pretty much solid, right? 
Yeah, like you mentioned, we kind of were considering him as as doubtful, really. So him being ruled out, we kind of talked about you know how we're going to attack Boston already. <laughs> um, somebody's like, guarantee my guy and be crazy out of shape. Um, <laughs> <laughs> isn't like Embiid always out of shape and he still does his thing? So, <laughs> hey, um, all the out of shape players, you know, Luca, Jokic, all it's it's their time to shine right now. So you know they're they're loving. It. And then once we get to the RG basketball tournament, all the out of out of shape basketball players are just going to be balling. So it's fine. That's that's what we want, right? Listen, I, I'm telling you guys, um, I'm good for two trips down the floor and then I'm done. Um, but those two trips, like six points. Um, really quick, I, you're more of a Fando player. We had a question over there in YouTube chat. Um, thoughts on Troy Brown Jr. Um, on Fando? Um, I, again, I think he's interesting on DraftKings price-wise. I, I like Kyle Anderson more. Um, is Troy Brown a guy that you like on Fando today? Yeah, definitely. Like outside of Siakam, I don't really see myself spending up over over seven K for any of these guys. So obviously with Giannis out, not not playing him, not not getting to Ingram a whole lot, not getting to Tobias, not getting to Kelly Oubre. Um so for me, finding guys in that mid that mid tier range, even value range at small forward is something that I like a lot. And with how many uh <laughs> Chris Jimino says, I am a shape. Sorry, I, I laughed at that, so I had to get that out. But with all the Milwaukee guys me playing, gonna have a lot of a lot of interest in these these bucks. So makes a lot of sense to have a guy like Trey Brown. Thinks he thinks he's a good value player right now, so I think he's a strong play on FanDuel. All right, we had a um, mass multi-entry question. Again, you know, I'm not playing 150 lineups tonight. I might have some fun and play like a 20-entry max. Um, but I think that, you know, this question is obviously a question I feel like a lot of people are going to be asking. If you're mass multi-entering tonight – how many roster spots would you lock Milwaukee into? Would you lock it into two to three? Would you lock them into three? Me personally, I, I think this is an interesting question. So I'm going to get your thoughts and then I'll give my thoughts on it. Yeah, I would say, I would say two to three for sure. And I, I think you could even play four of them if you want to play Brooke Lopez. But um, right now in my main lineup, I have three of them. So, you know, I think three to four probably be a good amount. And I don't think you should have any less than than two. I think two is probably the minimum for me. Um, so I would say anywhere two to four, that's kind of where I would fall. Yeah. Like I think minimum two, like I think I, if I'm playing 150 teams today and like I said, I might play like the 20 entry max, just have some fun. I probably play at least two Milwaukee guys on every single team. The matchup yeah. the we, we, we talked about the matchup right at the beginning of the show. We, we showed the usage. We showed the NBA stats of just how, this team kind of sets up. So hopefully that answers the question. Um, you know, they also have said, would you group out Bledsoe and Middleton in large field GPPs? I could see both of them getting there. So like, I don't think I would like limit who I play together on Milwaukee, but if I'm looking at it, like for me, Bledsoe, Middleton, Ilisova, um, um, these guys are all, you know, for sure. Yeah, I think Bledsoe and Middleton can definitely get there together, but I think that's actually a pretty interesting tournament uh, way to, you know, maybe you're playing, you know, the main large field tournament on DraftKings or Fandle and a ton of people, you know, 50,000 plus people, whatever the number is. Uh, I think that is a some, you know, quickly all your builds are going to be different. You know, I would probably go out and go on a limb and say nearly half the lineups that are built are going to have both Bledsoe and Middleton. So, you know, by doing that, by grouping them out together, uh, even if you can somehow find a way to do it in only a certain amount of lineups, that that, por- that portion of your build will instantly be different. So I don't hate that idea at all uh, whatsoever. And I do think it makes a lot of sense to say, hey, they could both get there together, but 
if one if they're gonna get a ceiling game, maybe maybe having them separately, and if one busts, then you then you're feeling pretty good about it. All right. Um we're getting a lot of questions over in YouTube chat. Again, if you are over in YouTube chat, we appreciate you guys. Make sure you subscribe. Let's answer some of these questions. Um, and then we could kind of give maybe our final thoughts. We got about, you know, 15 minutes before we get out of here. Um, Tice with Cantor out. My problem with Daniel Tice is his price is kind of caught up to his production. Um, what are you doing with Tice? Yeah, I just don't love him at this price. You know, we've talked about guys, you know, even on Fando specifically, we've got Porter, who's only 100 more. I definitely feel he has more upside here. we got Bertans, who's $100 less. So those are two guys that I would prefer over Tice. And then even on Fando, where you can play favors on power for, at the power forward spot, which I, I like a lot at 5-5. Five, five. So for me, there's too many guys around Tice to where, where he's priced at to where I'm just playing those guys over him. I do think Tice has a pretty strong floor, so maybe he'd be more of a cash game play. But um, But for me... Guys like Favors, Porter, and Bertans all have better ceilings for me uh, for tournament purposes. Um, DK GPP thoughts on Randall. Um, my issue with Julius Randall today is his price. Like I just I struggle with Julius Randall's price. Like it, I I think Julius Randall has upside in any matchup. Charlotte, a terrible team against bigs. Um, so I, I completely understand that. Um. But, like, just looking at it, like, Julius Randle clicking his name at 8,600. I know he has massive upside in any matchup. The matchup against Cleveland or um, Charlotte is solid. It's just 8,600 seems like a lot for Julius Randle. Yeah, I, I agree with you, but you kind of mentioned it. All those good all those good things, the good matchup, all that good stuff. And then you look at his Fandle price, which is only 7-4. So, if you like Randle, just log in to Fandle and play him over there. Uh, I, that's what I'm doing. I like him a pretty good amount. Uh, over on Fanduel, I think he's going to be somewhat contrarian as well. So I think he's a pretty strong play. All right, yeah. Hey, that's the difference, right? Like, if you know, that's the good thing about playing on multiple sites. Yeah. Having having hosts that play on multiple sites. I <laughs> I don't play a ton of NBA on Fanduel. Um, so I'm glad that you do. Um, I play a lot more on DraftKings and um. So on Yahoo, this is a Yahoo question, and I think this question is really interesting. Um, because it's kind of going, and I'm, I'm again, I'm giving away all the goods. Don't care. Maybe I'll get an email. Maybe I'll get in trouble. I don't <laughs> care. If you appreciate it, again, like, like and subscribe. Help us out. I- I'm giving you guys a ton today. Like, let's be real. I'm giving you guys a ton. I have both of these guys tagged. I'm showing you everybody that I have tagged right now. Um, over there on Yahoo, for salary relief. Again, hey, I'm doing the show, so what does it matter, right? Like, I'm talking about these guys anyway. But we had a question, David Chenzo or Wright on Yahoo, and they are projected almost identical projections, projected ownership. Like, is there a guy you're leaning more towards? I feel like on FanDuel, maybe Wright because of ownership, but with these guys so close in projected ownership, like, is this a spot you play your boy? Yeah, I'm going with Dante DiVincenzo here. You know, he's a guy who – you know, honestly, he's been really good this year with Giannis on the floor. He's been a really good permanent guy, nearly one point per minute. He does multiple things. You know, he can. he's a pretty good rebounder for the position that he plays, can fill it up as well. And, you know, he's a, he's a guy who's active on the defensive end. So I, I like him a lot. Obviously, he gets a really good matchup. Should be really fast-paced matchup maybe that, uh, you know, helps him out in that steal category. The 4-5 price tag on FanDuel, 11 bucks on Yahoo!, I love it a lot. And, you know, this is one of those spots where it's a game that everybody wants to get in on. Everyone's going to have, you know, three to four bucks. I think he's going to go, he's going to fall under the radar. So he's a guy that I'm trying to get, you know, definitely over the weight of the field on. And he's right now he's in my main lineup. So that, that kind of shows for how much I like Divincenzo. 
Now, this doesn't say which site. If you have questions, throw the site in there just so we can kind of talk about it a little bit better. But it says Kevin Love or Zion and Cash. If this was a FanDuel question, I'd be playing Zion over Love and Cash. Yeah, I think you know the the Zion price is is pretty nice over on FanDuel. I would definitely prefer him on FanDuel compared to those other sites. So I, I'm with you there. But I, I think you can play either one. You know, but I think the way that question's asked, you know, you're going to have money left. I think either way. So if you're on FanDuel, find a place to upgrade and, and take Zion. I think I would agree with you there. Yeah, there's a ton of value because of the Bucks, um, because of Boston, some of these other teams, you know, Denver. We we talked about some of those guys we feel like or I feel like are very underpriced or just undervalued on this slate in general. Um, Brown or Barton Fandle Cash. Uh, I'm guessing Jalen Brown. Yeah, I, I like I like them both a pretty good amount. I think Brown has a his floor feels a little bit safer with the minutes, and you know, he's gonna be in the mid thirties of minutes. Uh, we've seen Barton kind of fail to, to hit that mark over the over the past couple of games with uh, Harris coming back and also with Monty Morris kind of picking up a little bit. I think Barton has a little bit higher of a, a ceiling considering you know he has he's kind of the second option while Jalen Brown could be you know, the third at times. But uh, I would prefer Brown for cash, but but Barton for GPPs, I think. Yeah, and you know I don't play a lot of cash games. Like I play almost all the single entry double ups each and every day on DraftKings just because again like they're just fan- fantastic, but. Um, I think either one is fine. Like I, yeah. I really do. Um, and like even the next question, like Booker or Beal, they both are phenomenal. Like they're they're both plays. Like Nathan Snow, like like when you're looking at both of these guys, like if you look at projections, all that stuff, they're all going to be so close. If I'm running three Milwaukee players on a team, maybe I take Beal, but a lot of people are going to do that. We really haven't talked about that Phoenix Dallas game a lot, and like that game. You could be leading tournaments in that game, finishing up in the in the second half, and like you're like, oh wow, I'm dropping because like that game could easily shock, like just shock everybody. Yeah, B- uh, Booker, you know, a hundred dollars less than Beal on on Fanduel, and they're pretty much identical in ownership projections right now. So I think you can go either one, and you know, we've, we've been talking about, uh, for example, the Siakam and Trey Young kind of duo tonight, but it's kind of the same thing with Booker and uh, and Luca, you know, that makes a lot of sense as well. So I think Booker's going to be a really good tournament play that many people don't look at. Uh, and I think you can play Booker and Aiton together in lineups. You know, they kind of do different things. You know, uh, Aiton's kind of a guy who, you know, if it's for a ceiling game, you're looking for 20-20. And then Booker, you know, you're kind of hoping for like a 40-point real point game here. So they, can, they can both get that done uh, in the same game simultaneously. So I like those guys a lot. Pairing them with Luca makes a lot of sense. Um, shout out to Patrick over there in YouTube chat, been on Roto Grinders for three years and said, it's great. We appreciate you being here, um, each and every day. We love doing this. This is a ton of fun. So if you guys appreciate it, um, you know, we, we enjoy you guys being here talking some NBA with us, Kyle and I, we could have messaged each other back and forth all day and, you know, and had fun that way, but we're having a lot more fun with you guys. So we appreciate you guys being over there on YouTube. Um, you know, a couple more questions. Hey, like the questions are rolling in like chat. You have questions. Let's do it. Um, you know, we talked about a lot of the key points. We have crunch time at six 30 coming up here. Um, but again, like if you have a question, try to keep it more like site dependent and try not to make it like a three V three, like crunch time can get way more into that. Um, let's talk. This one's interesting favors or Tice on FanDuel. Uh, I I think I would still prefer favors. I know people are probably a little bit down on him with you know the the return or the emergence of Zion. Considering you know Zion comes back, favors loses a few minutes here. 
but he's been at 27 over the last two games. Obviously a really, really good matchup here. 5-5 five, five price tag on favors is is definitely appealing. So I think I would lean favors pretty easily. I just think he has more of a more of a ceiling here. It's kind of where I'm at too. Um I just I don't think Zion's really gonna hurt favors. You know, I said this on the podcast. I think Okafor and Hayes really lose like whatever minutes they were kind of playing. Um so yeah, like, you know, that's just one of those things. Um do you have any thoughts on Morant? You know, we really didn't talk about him. Um, people are asking, like, I, I think his price is fantastic. Like, if you're if you're like me and you're like looking at stacking that game, I think it's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I've been a huge John Morant guy all year. Not only you know as a, as a player, but even for fantasy purposes. The only issue I have with Morant today is just all the point guards that are at his position. Obviously, so we got Luca, we got Trey Young, we have Kemba. Then we get down, you know, we, you got Bledsoe, you got Exum, Sexton. So there are just a lot of point guards for me. Um, so he, he probably falls outside of that kind of spectrum, but he's going to be super low owned. And you've, you've talked about it all, all show. He's in a, he should be in a really good spot. This game should be fairly close. And, you know, obviously Memphis plays at a super fast pace. So maybe it's a good spot for, for pace in this one as well. So can never hate on a John Rant ownership play at all. I just think he falls outside of, you know, the boundaries of guys for me, considering how many good point guards are on this slate. Um, this one's really interesting. It says Jokic or Trey Young, DK, GPP. Um, I think I lean Trey Young. I, I, I think Jokic is in a phenomenal spot. I, I said that, but I think Trey Young just has a higher ceiling right now. He's gone for over 70 in two of the last three games. Like we talked about his usage. We showed you guys on court IQ, like the usage breakdown for Trey Young right now. Like I, I, I lean Trey Young because I think his ceiling is just so much higher right now. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I prefer Young as well. I think they're both good plays, like you mentioned. I'm with you on that, but uh, I think I think I lean Trey Young slightly. All right, we got man, we got so many questions rolling in here. Loving you guys over there on YouTube. Um, appreciate you guys keeping us flowing here with these questions. Favorite lineup HQ build rule for MME on tonight's slate, if you have any. Um, that one's interesting. I, I think for me, do you want to go first on this one? Because I can kind of show and I can kind of set it up and I can show what I'm what I was going to talk about here. Yeah, sure. I think for me, and it just makes a lot of sense. I would probably set you know a minimum of two bucks. I think that's probably the go to one. Um, and then the thing I've been finding myself doing when I do MME is pairing guys, like pairing studs together with you know the other op- with the other team the top option on their team. So maybe pairing a guy like Trey Young and Siakam or pairing a guy like Luca with Aiton or Booker. I think those are the kind of rules that I've been setting personally that I think uh, kind of give you a, a good upside for, for tournament lineups. And obviously when there's a slate like this where a big star's out, where we got a bunch of value options, a bunch of strong options on one team, setting a minimum of you know two, maybe a max of four or five, depending on the site or how you feel about those guys. But I would say a minimum of two bucks, and then the uh, the pairings for guys like Luca and Trey Young. Yeah, so like let's look at it really quick. I I was going to show the Milwaukee and like how to just in case somebody doesn't know how to kind of um, so I I would rename it. I'd be like Bucks just to kind of give myself a quick reference point. Um, so like if I'm looking at mass multi-entering here, um, I, again, I think I would set it to like four and I would, I would put like even in 150 teams and maybe like another thing that I think people underutilize is like maybe running 130 teams with like bucks players on two to four and then running like 20 teams fading Milwaukee. Maybe, um, I just don't see fading Milwaukee today. Um, again, like 
for me, when I'm looking at like mass multi-entry, I'm looking at using lineup HQ, I'm looking at build rules. I'm playing two to four bucks on every team. I have only five selected. I think if you want to add more, that's fine. Um, I have Yahoo selected, so like I didn't have pricing up in front of me for other sites. But looking at it, Brooke Lopez, DiVincenzo, these guys have projected ownership that you can gain leverage on the field. And then you can go in and set like a rule where you have them at like, depending on how many you want to play of each guy, like 75%, 75%, 75% for Ilisova, Bledsoe, Middleton. And then make sure you're getting, you know, some of those lower owned bucks. Yeah, definitely. I think I agree with you there. And then, you know, someone uh, asked that question earlier. If you really have, you know, maybe a little bit more risk tolerance than others and you want to do the, do the build rule where you say Bledsoe, Middleton, maybe one of them then you'll be getting more value and even more leverage on lineups uh, in these large field tournaments. So I think that's, that's something to at least consider. I feel like maybe that's not the optimal strategy, but maybe it is for uh, maybe it's an an idea to think of for large field tournaments. Um, We had a question in chat that like I found kind of interesting that we'll talk about. um, And then we're probably going to have to get out of here. So we're going to have to do this kind of quick. It was, does Bruno Fernando being out change anything in terms of the Atlanta bigs for you? Um, we know Alex Lynn is going to be out here. We take Bruno off the floor too. Um, do you think maybe like a guy like Damian Jones plays 20 minutes tonight instead of like 10 to 12? Uh, so for, for me, I, I think what they'll do is they'll have either DeAndre Hunter just slide to the four and play more. So we already got news that Collins is going to start at center. So throughout the yeah. year, we've seen Collins be a guy who's going to be around 30 minutes, uh, 30, 32 minutes in that range. So I think it actually gives the, the biggest boost to John Collins. I wouldn't be surprised to see him maybe hop into the mid-30s, 34, 35 minutes, which is uh, was really interesting for a guy. Obviously, tough matchup. You know, he'll be dealing with Ibaka and Gasol all day, but I do think he should add on a few more minutes. I assume Damon Jones will get, you know, at least a slight bump. I could be, I could be wrong about it. Maybe he gets a pretty massive bump, but uh, I, I think the minutes will primarily go to Hunter and Collins at the, at the four and five. So right now I have Collins projected for 33 and I have Damian Jones for 16. So uh, I do think Jones gets a few extra, but I don't think, I don't think he quite makes the, uh, that 20 minute mark. And overall, I think Collins gets the biggest bump from Fernando and Len being out. There you go. Um, that's going to wrap it up. We've had a ton of fun, like I said, on YouTube. Appreciate you guys hanging out um, over there in chat. If you're over there, make sure you subscribe, like the video. Kyle, any final thoughts? No, I'm just excited for a, a big uh, Pascal Siakam game. Spicy P is going off tonight. All right, I'm excited for a big Trey Young game. So that's going to wrap it up here for Grinders Live. Crunch time, 6.30 Eastern. Meansy, JSU, and Kevin Roth. My captain, my man, Kevin Roth. <laughs> Appreciate you guys watching, and we'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place.